Welcome to Sports Weekly with Ayaz Memon. Hello and welcome to Sports Weekly. I'm your host Ayaz Memon. We've got a packed program as always. Loads and loads of cricket, but let me not start with cricket now. Let's look at what's been happening in the world of shooting where India has actually been doing extremely well in the ISSF World Cup that's International Shooting Sport Federation. India picked up 30 medals. You heard that right? 30 to finish top of all the countries and just to give you an idea of how well India fared. the next best that's the number 2 spot it was the united states of america with eight medals so that's how wide the gulf was the indian trio of shreyasi singh manisha kir and rajeshwari kumari won the gold medal in the women's strap team event in the men's event kainan chennai prithviraj tondayman and lakshya however despite all these achievements a 16th olympics quota eluded the indians so that's something which is going to bother these shooters and of course also the shooting federation in india because you want your athletes your best shooters to be going to if not tokyo this year then certainly for the next olympics next up it's badminton and while saina nehwal is enjoying the marquee lights here is you know she's got a movie on her a biopic released on her uh, in india but she's not having too much luck on the court She crashed out of the ongoing Orleans Masters after losing in the semi-final to Denmark's Line Christoffersen. The young Danish player, she's only 21, took only 28 minutes to defeat Saina. 21-17, 21-17 to advance to the finals. Krishna Prasad Garaga and Vishnu Vardhan Gaur Panjala went on fighting in the Orleans Masters men's double final, losing to England's Ben Lane and Sean Wendy. 21-19, 14-21, 19-21. all this action happened on sunday and finally the indian women's doubles pair of ashwini ponappa and nck reddy crashed out of the competition after losing in the semi final against jong kolfan kiti tharakul and ravinda prajongjay meanwhile there's been frenetic action in the cricket internationally because the, the season is coming to a close we've got the ipl coming up from april 9th all countries are finishing their international fixtures india have finished their fixtures against england the england tour is over it's been a clean sweep by india of the three series the test series the t20 series and the odi series all being won by india we'll talk about that in some detail but let's look at what else has been happening elsewhere new zealand versus bangladesh bangladesh in new zealand and you know like most teams have suffered this season pakistan and west indies before them bangladesh also coming to grief against uh, new zealand despite new zealand not having the services of kane williamson ross taylor for a, for a fair while and they've been alternating players like tim southey trent bolt and now again also kylie jamison so new zealand won the odi series 3-0 in fact it was a thrashing that the bangladeshis received except one match where they had a chance they had new zealand 3 for 53 having set them 272 to win but tom letham led the charge with 110 and new zealand went on to win that match too and we've had the first t20 match which has been played which new zealand won quite comfortably 1-0 two more to play and it looks like new zealand look unstoppable also for the fact that bangladesh don't have the services of sakibul hasan their premier all-rounder for the T20 series and also Tamim Iqbal their experienced opening batsman has come back or gone back to Bangladesh for New Zealand the big find has been Devon Conway this this season he top scored in the series in the in the ODI series against Bangladesh but 
he's made runs every time he's walked out to bat and made runs in spectacular fashion. And as everybody believes in the on the on the cricketing circuit that his run slot, the manner and the number of runs that he started making, all started a day after the IPL auctions were over. Otherwise, we might have been seeing him in action in India come April and May. Sri Lanka and the West Indies, and uh, despite losing the white ball series quite easily, they they fought back very well in the first test of of the two test series. After being bowled out cheaply in the first innings, it looked like this might be a you know a one sided affair. But Sri Lanka, 103 from Nisanka, 96 from Dickwella, they really fought well in the second innings and actually put West Indies under pressure, setting them a target of 375, which the West Indies couldn't reach. But they played out the day and do the match. Nakruma Bonner reaching his maiden test century, 130 not out, to help West Indies draw. The big cricket contest obviously was India versus England and it's been a rollicking home season for India. Uh, they won the Test Series, they won the T20 Series and they went on to win the ODI Series in a humdinger climax on Sunday. Hey, 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 here, hang on, hang on. Mr. Fantastic here. And yeah, it was a humdinger of a series and that's great for fans, no doubt about that. But as a fantasy cricket player, it's a nightmare, you know. There was no one team you could stick with. There were no consistent performers. If anything, there were maybe three picks you would always have, like Ben Stokes, Rishabh Pant and Virat Kohli to some extent. How would you sum up the whole international series in India? I think I think it's been actually a fantastic season for India in international cricket, starting with Australia, the way the team performed there, especially in the Test Series coming from behind, being bowled out for 36, the ignominy of being bowled out for 36, recovering from that shock. And then going on to win the series with, uh, you know, a rag and bobtail team because so many players were injured or lost. I had come back on paternity leave. It was a spectacular win. And then the series against England, you lose the first test by a whopping margin of 217 runs. And it looked like, you know, there was a sense of deja vu. But again, we saw what happened in Australia was repeated in more forcefully because India went on to win the next three matches so emphatically. You expect India to win on home pitches, but you know you expected also England to put up a stiffer fight. It didn't happen. In my opinion, Mr. Fantastic, this has been, it's, it's contentious, this has been India's finest cricket season ever. You know, I know we've had in the past the great series against West Indies and England in 1971. And the 2001 Australia Tour. And the tour. 2001 Australia Tour coming from behind. But for the kind of, you know, the traumatic experience of losing that first test match, being bowled out for 36 and then coming from behind and beating a full-strength Australian team in Australia uh, is quite remarkable or in fact, remarkable. But coming back to England, you know, they cribbed and cried about the test match pitches. The ODIs were far better fought on better pitches. The T20s were definitely evenly matched and India actually were a bit lucky to win out there. On the ODIs, you think there should be any complaints about the pitch this time around? There shouldn't be there shouldn't be any complaints. I thought that the series was both the series, the T Twenty series and the ODI series, both white ball series. They were really tight contests, and I think that's what you want as a spectator. But also, it showed you that uh, you know how well matched these two teams were. They ranked number one and two. England, of course, number one. Also, World Cup winners in two thousand nineteen. Yes, they missed a few players like Joe Root and Wokes and. Jofra Archer. What happened to Owen Morgan for the last two games? Ian Morgan on the eve of the second match, he tore his webbing at net practice, so he couldn't play. But 
you can't say England lost because of that because Jadeja was missing and Shami was missing and Bumrah is missing from the Indian team. So I think despite all of that, what was seen was a high quality expression of skills. Also, enormous tension, which one felt in the third match when, you know, catches galore went, you know, begging. And Hardik Pandya, of all people, putting down to Sam Curran, innings of a lifetime, almost. Had he just scored the seven runs more, it would have been one of, you know, one of those unforgettable innings that he's played. So, three standout performers for England in the series. Uh, Johnny Bairstow, Ben Stokes and Sam Curran. Who would be your pick as the player of the series for England? I'm tempted to make Sam Curran because he's younger. He's got, he's got a, you know, great future ahead of him. He's he's actually now pushing Ben Stokes or challenging him as the all-rounder in the in the England team because Ben Stokes has become more of a batting all-rounder. Sam Curran still wants to bowl a lot. As it happens, I actually seen Sam Curran's father play in the 1983 match against India, the World Cup match when Kapil Dev made 175. His father Kevin Curran was the bowler and he was creating havoc then. You know, Kevin Curran was quicker than Sam Curran is or Tom Curran is and also a big striker of the ball, much like Sam Curran. I think Sam Curran is, is really the find for uh, England because in these conditions where there's not much help for his kind of bowling, he he didn't get his full quota overs but came and did a reasonable job. And this innings was quite remarkable for me, this 95 not out, for his great game sense, the way he understood the situation, the way he farmed the strike to bat alongside Mark Wood and take it as close as he did, showed a mind beyond his years. And talking about India, I mean, last week we said how Shikhar Dhawan's maybe at the end of his tether, but he bounced back. He has had a couple of great games and now he's got the whole IPL in front of him to prove that he belongs in the shortest format as well. Do you think this was a flash in the pan or he's just best suited for the 50-over format? I don't think it's a flash in the pan. I think it's a very gritty performance uh, from uh, Shikhar Dhawan because, of course, he was pushed to the wall. You know, I mean, there are so many claimants now to places in the Indian team that you can't afford to be loose or lax at all. So he's come back, you know, he's, fought, he's the highest scorer for India in the tournament. So I thought that he's he's done extremely well. He's becoming more and more a white ball specialist. So he's probably got a couple of years more in the game. But it's not going to be easy for anybody, not just him. I think what's happened with the arrival of players like, obviously, Pant and then, you know, even a Krunal Pandya and and so on, so many young players coming, that even the established players can't take their place for granted. Even Virat Kohli decided to open the batting in the T20s because, you know, you got Shreya Sayar and Surya Prakash Yadav and all of these guys coming in. There's just so much richness in Indian cricket today. It's difficult for the selectors and the team management to pick and choose and keep a squad restricted to 15 or 16, you know, because by the time you note down and put down the names of everybody who you think should play, the list has gone up to 25. And you brought up the point about Pant now being a permanent fixture. Is it too early to compare him with finishers or must-have players of the stature of a Dhoni or a Gilchrist? Is he setting himself up to play that role for India in the future? I think so. I think, Mr. Fantastic, I think this season belongs to Rishabh Pant and not just as the player from India, but I think internationally. Yes, Kane Williamson has made loads and loads of runs. So too, Joe Root. You know, and I, I think that... What Rishabh Pant has done is he's kind of woken up from his slumber. When I say slumber, he was always an action, total action batsman. But he was not picking the right moments to play those kind of shots. I mean, there's 
Short selection used to be a bit of a problem. He used to lose his wicket when the team needed him to hang in there. So you can be a stroke player, but you must also be able to execute your strokes well and pick the right bowlers, the right situation. When do you attack? When do you, you know, kind of see off an over or two from a bowler looking threatening? These are all things that come from experience and maturity, which he's shown. In my opinion, the only other claimant for the best player's title, so to speak, uh, was Ravi Chandran Ashwin. But Ravi Chandran Ashwin, fantastic performance against Australia, fantastic performance against England, but in test cricket. He's not playing white ball cricket. I must add here, interestingly, Dilip Vengsarkar, former India captain, in one of his interviews to a National Daily, said that it's time that this boycott, so to speak, of Ashwin for white ball cricket ended. We should get him back because he's at his peak. And I, I really support that because if you don't have your best spinner playing, then, you know, based on what? You can say his fielding is a bit, you want it to be a little better. But put him to, you know, throw the, throw the gauntlet at him and say, feel better. I agree with you. On current form, he might as well have been there given how the other bowlers fared, you know. And is that something to worry about for India going into, let's say, the time beyond the IPL? Because, and or is it a pitch issue right now in the three ODIs where the bowlers were absolutely ineffective, no matter who, except maybe Bhuvneshwar Kumar? Well, the pitch did play a part in the three ODIs. You know, the spinners got no help and they got collared, including the English spinners. The only difference is actually Moin Ali, compared to the other bowlers, bowled economically in the last match. When you're giving away in a, in a team scores of 300 plus, if you're giving away about 50 runs, 52 runs, you've actually done well. Rashid has been picking up wickets more than Moin. The Indian spinners haven't picked up wickets and leaked a lot of runs. So that's the issue here. I think also there is a flip side to the IPL experience. We've gone, talked at great length about how it's helped Indian cricket become stronger, richer, young players associating themselves with big names, stellar names internationally and learning from them. But the international players who come to India are also learning how to play our spinners because of the IPL. That threat and the fear of playing Indian spin is also vanishing. So the spinners have a task on hand. You know, Krunal Pandya, great debut, but if he doesn't take wickets, he's not going to find it easy to retain his place. So too, Washington Sundar. Kuldeep Yadav is languishing. So I think in this kind of a scenario, with Ashwin in red-hot form, maybe it's time to reconsider. Fair point. So that does leave us with a lot of thoughts with the IPL coming up and what team selections for the fantasy players should be. Well, most of the other teams for the real cricket have it sorted out. But we'll be back and we'll keep advising you on what you need to pick. So maybe you can make some moolah as well. Keep listening. Thank you very much. It's time for the IPL preview with Joy Bhattacharya. That was fantastic, Mr. Fantastic. And since you did mention the IPL, let's resume my conversation with Joy Bhattacharya. We had one session with him last week. This week, we are going to discuss three teams. Kolkata Knight Riders, Royal Challengers Bangalore, Sunrisers Hyderabad. So, Joy, this, this week we're starting with a, a team that you know so well and you've been associated with it. And obviously, I think you still have the binoculars trained on, on KKR. Very strong team on paper. Morgan, Russell, Karthik, Lockie Ferguson, Pat Cummins, Narayan, Shakib, and of course, Harbhajan and Cutting. Uh, so, uh, do you think that it's a very balanced team and perhaps they've got very strong title chances this year? I think they're a strong team. Uh, lots of the worries for them is that who are the, a, the, who are the four international players they're going to play? 
captain, if you look at it, they say you Morgan will definitely play every game. He's going to be the captain. You have to say Cummins is a you know show in as well. After that, you know, really a lot depends on how fit Andre Russell, Sunil Raina, the other two normal players, how fit are they? If they're down, who comes in their place? Is it Shakib? Shakib and Ben Cutting are the two backups saying that, okay, if these two West Indian all-rounders don't work, we have Shakib and Ben Cutting. That's their job, basically to sub it. So if you look at it that way, these two guys are not going to add too much to the team because really they're backups for these two positions for KKR. I think the important thing also is that how will their Indian players do? And I, I think Harbhajan Singh for me is an intriguing pick. Mm. If Harbhajan Singh is on song as in he's in a good mood his his head is in the right place he can be terrific for the team because he can be a great what we call uh, leadership guy in the dressing room because they don't really have senior Indian players you know yeah. I mean Kartik is the senior most Indian player but Kartik is not spent that much international cricket as say some of the other captains would have played so Harbhajan being in the dressing room he can make a huge difference to it positively as well. And if he's off, that will impact the team. I'm hoping that Harbhajan does that. The second is that their Indian, young Indian bowlers have really invested in them. Prasid Krishna, Nagar Kutti, Shivam Mavi. Now, these guys need to deliver because given the kind of pitches they'll play on, these guys will be playing matches. At least two of these guys, one of these guys, two of these guys will be playing on a regular basis. And if Andre Russell goes down and it's Shakib who's playing, then you can assume at least two will be playing all the time. And that then again is a factor. Their Indian pace bowlers must come to their party. Quick word on Morgan. I mean, the change of captaincy midway last season and then now, of course, he's, he's the captain for this season. Yeah. For me, the real surprise was the fact that they didn't right up front say that Morgan's going to be the captain the moment the IPL auction was over. I think they should have just done it then and there and finished it off with. And Karthik is one of the nicest men in Indian cricket. He would have been happy and said that, you know, if that's what the team was good for the team, it's good. I think they delayed. And by that time, I felt Morgan had started getting his head around because remember, Morgan and Baz McCullum are old friends from KKR. I mean, Morgan spent quite yeah. a bit of time in KKR. So, they're old friends. They know each other well. Morgan spends a lot of time in Australia and New Zealand as does uh, Baz. So, I think they have something there which they're going to put together and make a unit out of. The thing is, they require the Indian guys to really deliver for them. For, them, for this party to be successful, the Indians must deliver. What about Royal Challengers Bangalore? They've never won the title. They've had big stars, big guns. Virat Kohli, A.B. de Villiers in the past, Chris Gale and, you know, so many others. This time, they've gone in for Glenn Maxwell. They've paid a big price for him. They've got Dan Christian back. He seems to find his way across all leagues. Uh, Washington <laughs> Sundar has come of age. Kyle Jameson, he's a, uh, you know, he's a budding, explosive all-rounder. Good enough to win the title this year? You know, I feel they've been good enough to win the title on paper for the last four or five years. At least they've been good enough <laughs> in some way or the other. They, they're a very, very decent team on paper. Their big problem is that they have a situation where because they haven't won for a very long time, the moment a player does not succeed, they immediately start fiddling around and changing around. I mean, they are, they are the exact opposite of CSK. CSK sometimes you think sits on the same team too long before acknowledging a player doesn't work. Mm. And you have <laughs> to feel that sometimes RCB moves too quickly. You know, was Shivam Dube given enough of a run last year? You know, mm. similarly, there are lots of stories like that which you will see with RCB that, you know, they've just panicked and they said, okay, we're going to make a change. So I think this is 
one of their do or die kind of season saying look we've got to make it done virat i think has made a great statement by saying up front he's going to bat which means yeah. if that is a case that means virat and devdat padikal open the batting okay and that means very interesting things because the way the rest of the team what plays do you bat devdat you bring him at 3 you put him at 4 you might put him at 3 and then make a situation where you you delay and you get somebody like a dan christian in at 6 and you know fill in it with washington sundar and the other batsmen so they have a lot of options their bowling attack is pretty pretty decent and especially all their bowlers they are the only team whose bowlers will be delighted that they are not playing on home ground mm-hmm. no bowler likes to bowl the chinna swami so <laughs> if you tell yajivendra chahal that you know there are 15 extra yards in the boundary and we are not at altitude he is probably you know taking somersaults and the thought of the fact that he's going not having to bowl the chinna swami Sunrisers Hyderabad too many overseas stars you think Warner Holder Bairstow Williamson Marsh Nabi Rashid Khan and then of course you look at uh, the spread of the Indian talent yes there's Manish Pandey there's T Natarajan but uh, it looks a formidable team what do you uh, look, what do you make of it in the, in the they're a very clever team they're a very smart team they always make it and you see they quietly sad they did they, they you you see they picked up a guy like Mujibur Rahman they know what is he is a mystery spinner Mujib will play three matches, maybe out of fourteen or fifteen. But the day he'll play, he'll be unplayable because people wouldn't have seen him at all this IPL, and they'll use him. They'll throw in him tactically, use him for a particular occasion. Then, by before anyone gets used to it, they'll take him out. I'm delighted that they have Tom Moody back again. Okay, and Tom Moody is going to play a part in this as well. So he's been a you know bulwark of their success from their championship, and I think their buys are also interesting. Kedar Jadhav is what he's an experienced. international mm. batsman who can play that middle order so if you know they've got those three young guys out there they priyam gag they have abdul samad and they need one of those guys to click but if they don't click they you have somebody of the and they have abhishek sharma you have somebody of the quality of kedar yadav to say okay you know what i can hold i can bat at 6 and i can hold and that immediately gives manish pandey a lot more freedom to play with up front they gives the other two batsmen up front so i think they've just they've plugged a lot more holes as usual and they've been smart again very under the radar not too many stars you know how you rate stars the best way to rate stars is when sponsors want to shoot an ad who are the players who you put forward so if you look at uh, sunrisers they are not the team other than rashid khan where a lot of stars are very charismatic and people are looking forward to see them but they always have good players who can you know really do the job for them and they've been so consistent Thank you Joy always a pleasure speaking with you we'll catch up with you again next week to do the final segment on the IPL the last two teams of the IPL to be featured there that's it from me we'll catch up next week same time the same show sports weekly 